write your own story. Um, people are sick, cyclical. Um, you just got to keep grinding. Keep your nose to the grindstone, right? You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. Thank you for tuning in to the yet another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I try to bring on and interview successful people in the world of business, entrepreneurship, athletics, and coaching every week to share their stories and the lessons that they have learned. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to Instagram and follow us at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at RoughnecksPodC1. We are also on Facebook at Roughnecks Podcast. Be sure to grab the bull by the horns, but let's get into this week's episode. As I mentioned last week, I got a special guest coming to join us. We'll call him special. I don't know how special he is, but he was the part of the original Roughnecks crew, Mr. Teddy Houlihan. Welcome back to the Roughnecks podcast. It's been a while. It's been a good minute, man. It's been a good minute. I think it's been... When was the last episode you did? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think the, it was Max. Yeah, that was a, the last episode we did together. Max or, or Schuster. Schuster was on episode two, so it was after. Exactly. Max was, I think, was six. Yeah. So, yeah. Because it was uh, before Owen for Coach Fankhauser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while since you've been back on. Yeah, life's been busy, man. Yeah. Life's been busy. Speaking of life, well, first, let's just give a background, like kind of catch people up on who you are, because things have changed a little since bit. you've uh, last were on. So just tell the Roughnecks listeners who you are. And for those of you who don't know, Back when this podcast originally started, way back in September, it's been 37 weeks now. Teddy was the my co-host. He was with me on every came up with the name. Yeah, Teddy actually he is the one who came, came up, up with, with the, the name. name. But yeah, you uh, you did come up with the name of the Roughnecks, which I don't know if we'll discuss again how you came up with that name because if you listen to episode one and how you describe it, I don't know if I we need to go into that. No, again. I have no idea. I came up with the name. It had to do with. I don't know. I would like beer. Just come up, think outside the box a little bit. But uh, no, I, I, you know, just come up with it. I mean, me and you have been kind of doing this thing for a good minute now. Yeah, because I told, I've talked about it on here where the f- this is not my first podcast. No, we no, did no. a podcast last semester. Yep. Would have been no, no, no. It's a year now. It would have been spring of twenty twenty. Yeah, so a year. So spring, yeah, so sorry, no, not last semester. Two semesters ago, we started in the fall. Oh, yeah, because it was football. Yeah. yeah, it was football time. And let's be honest, it was shit. I had a great time doing it. Yes, but, but like our episode, people did not listen because it wasn't really quality. It was just yeah. kind of us screwing around, yeah, which yeah. is kind of how this started. But then it kind of, we transformed it a little more. I don't know. There's nothing about this we thing. You kind of took this thing. Yeah, yeah. I had fun ride, with it huh? and just went with it, man. I had to, I enjoy it. Yeah, you took this thing for a ride. It's been awesome watching you uh, grow with it. You know, doing the the t-shirts and the stickers and 
Hey, I have, your, I have your girlfriend to thank account. for the uh, stickers, though. You ain't got to thank her for anything. <laughs> you know? She ain't doing nothing right now. She won't even listen. She ain't doing nothing right now. So, But, yeah, man, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it again. Took some time off. Probably take some more time off. This is your deal. Proud of, of watching you take this for a ride. It's been fun, man. So tell us who you are. Tell the, tell the ones who don't know you who Teddy, Texan Teddy is. Uh, my name's Teddy. Uh, right now I'm a coach. I went to OWU. Cole, the the leader of this whole thing, was uh, my roommate for a good year. Came best buds and a lot of beer drinking. A lot, a lot of yeah, <laughs> a lot of good times with it. Sometimes that we cannot even discuss. <laughs> yeah, don't regret anything for it. But you know, simple guy. Don't just trying to figure out life like everybody else flying off the coattails or by the seams of my pants. So I think that's about how everybody is from Texas though. That's, yeah. that's an important part of you being from Texas. It is, it is. And I'll, uh, Texas is a special place. You know, everybody busts my balls about it. I bust my own balls about it. I love it. But you know, Texas is, I'm proud of where I came from. The times and moments I had with, with my friends down there, uh, it was a special time, special place. A lot of, uh, you know, Ohio has its own marketable um, reputation places there, and, and Texas got that too. And and I'm glad the moments I had there and, and the experience of I had there. And I love going back home. So yeah, you know, Texas is Texas is home for me. Texas will always be home for me. But Ohio has has given me sort of uh, the same. I feel like Ohio is your home away from home. Ohio is my it's, home. It's it's mean, you have two homes. You got yeah. you got two different places that you live pretty much. I, I came to Ohio and you know I I loved everybody that I've met in Ohio. Just coming from my my graduating class of of OWU, you know Hunter Coyle sitting right next to me, guy I uh, I went to school with. Now we're roommates, but even Cole Cole was a year below me and I lived with Dan who was a year below me and Jesse Beachy who was on the podcast last yeah, week. Yeah, just last year, week. Yeah, a year ahead of me and, and it's it was just somewhere where the people there just they were special to me and, and the relationships I built with everybody there and you know, I loved it and it it gave the same vibes as as the the people I grew up in Texas. So that's that's why you know it, it's not an issue of me coming back here and seeing you guys and, and and honestly just growing up here did a lot of growing up in Ohio. Yeah, well, like that that's the thing is like your college years are a time when you do yeah. do a lot of growing up. Yeah, like high school, you, people say you grow up and like you know after high school is when you the real world hits you. You either yeah. go get a job or you go to school and you're going to grow up with both. Yeah. And I ended up going to school did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second. I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not. I feel like we might've mentioned a little bit, but what made you come from all the way from freaking Texas Yeah, to, to Ohio to come play some D3 football? The whole, the whole uh, experience. Yes. Okay. So um, I played football in Texas, obviously. I was, uh, I, I would say, a pretty good football player. 
No one's ever seen you play, but yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. I got it. I had an injury. I did not know I was injury prone. <laughs> That's uh, If you want to know more about that, go check out Chris Bonner's first episode. Yeah. You will find out all about Teddy's injury past. Yeah, I played uh, I played 6A football in South Texas, which is it's prime time. You play uh, Judson and Steele, and those are like Katie. Those are like top of the line. The Friday Night South, Lights type yeah. shit. Yeah, it was we played in big stadiums. It was it was a it was awesome playing high school football. Uh junior year I played left tackle. Senior year I ended up playing nose and defensive end. I was second in the district in in district in sacks. The guy in front of me um went to Stevens High School, ended up playing at Rice, but it, playing nose, being second in sacks, like you know, that's that's prime time. And so I feel like I was I was a pretty decent football player back then. I was a captain. Um, I was a three-year letterman. So that was, that was big time. And I, in all honesty, I had no plans of playing college football <laughs> at all. I was I was going to play my college football, uh, ride it out, and I was going to join the oil field. So at the time, my me and my family are, are very, very close, you know, going from cousins and everything. So – my eldest cousin, uh, her boyfriend was in the oil field, and he knew me from when I was really young. He took me from practices, lived with us. Me and him were real tight. Uh, so I was going to go in the oil field with him. I was going to be a welder's helper, and that, w- that was the whole plan. Well, you know, the season ends, spring rolls around. Um, I'm with a, a, a girl at the time. I don't know if we should dive into that yeah, story. But that, I'm with a girl at the time. For those of you who know Teddy, know who we're talking about. Yeah, and she's <laughs> expecting her significant other to be a college college graduate. And so that, that whole deal. So I opened up and I was open to the whole recruiting process of everything. And I had two D2s. Uh, one was Texas A&M Kingsville, which was in Corpus. Uh, where most of my family is living right now. Uh, the other one was, I think it was in Oklahoma. And then a couple NI- NAIAs, um, D3s. And I took my first uh, recruiting trip, actually, to Owu. That was the first time 18-year-old me ever left. What, what, what season was it here? What season was it? Yeah, it like- was uh, spring... Okay. Just started, so I so it was still a little cold I, here. Yeah, it was it was cold. Here. <laughs> you were probably like, "What in the yeah, hell is this?" <laughs> it was it was a wild time. I, it was cold. Um, it was it was a wild. They actually on the first I ever got on a plane, super nervous. Still to this day, hate plane trips. <laughs> and you fly pretty often now. Yeah, well, a, a well, few not, times a year, probably not anymore. Back in when uh when I was in school, yeah, but yeah. now yeah, I drive. I actually took my first plane trip this year uh, a couple weeks ago, beginning of May. But, um, yeah, still to this day, I don't like flying. But came here on my recruiting trip, and it was special. I It was during spring ball, and uh, it was in the stadium, actually. Now we don't do that anymore, but the spring ball at the time was in the stadium. Coach Ward picked me up, gave me the whole spiel, um, went – did the whole locker room thing. All the guys were in the locker room. Did the tour. Did an overnight. Um, talked to Coach Watts. And right after the workout on Friday, 
and talking to Coach Watts and being around the guys, it was like, man, I love it here. I love Coach Watts. I love all the guys here, and it's a special place. And you can tell everybody just kind of had a – everyone just loved being around each other. It was like a family feeling. That's the yeah, first that was, vibe that, that I got was, when I was like around the team for the very first time. Was it was like, it was a family, yeah. And I feel like it had that has improved, especially even oh, more. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say it's improved. It's just more like we get more used to each other because we're older. Well, all around each other all the time too. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And it was it was crazy. I roomed with um, Ross Hickenbottom, who was a stud wide out. Actually had an injury problem too till his senior year, and David Pugh, who just was kind of like a traveling guy, really good football player, but everybody loved Pugh. I roomed with those guys, and it was it was awesome. Right after that thing, committed here, and that's all she wrote. I was I was coming to Owoo, and Texas kid coming to Owoo, and to be honest, I don't I don't regret anything of it some of my best friends like i said were they're obu came from obu i talk to these guys all the time and did you miss home a lot that freshman year though to be honest n- no like i think part of it growing like whatever you're gonna miss your mom yeah you're gonna miss your siblings but like i think once you find your place and you find your niche and you realize like there's people here that, you know, kind of got the same goals as you, kind of like the same person as you, and you just kind of get into your own your own routine of things. And it's kind of like, well, oh, I got to call my mom. Totally forgot. Like, I yeah. call my mom once a week. But I think my freshman class really made it easy for everything. Like, we were all friends, and it was like a crazy like, – like Nate, Nate Lee – a uh, good buddy of mine from Mass, Massachusetts. The Mass hole. Yeah, yeah, Mass <laughs> hole. Uh, me and him were, he was actually one of my first friends here. And we were, we had a team meeting in uh, Phillips Hall. And it was the first time me, like, a team together. And I sat right next to Nate. And Nate at the time, Nate, still to this day, always wears sleeveless shirts. Yes, always. Yeah, always. And he has, like, an armband tattoo. He's thick as hell. Probably had a full beard at yeah, that point he, already, Yeah, that's too. exactly what I, He had <laughs> a man's full had a, that red man came beard. out with a beard out of the womb. It was nuts. <laughs> He's a hairy dude. But he was talking to me, and he he was... I he was, like, talking shit. He was busting balls to somebody. But And I was like, man, this guy's got to be, like, a junior. <laughs> and I was like, dude, like, what grade are you? He's like, oh, I'm a freshman. I'm like, oh, God, I'm never going to play here. <laughs> He was with me and him at the time. Me and him were both defensive linemen, and uh, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like after that, me and him were were good friends. You know, we did what every college kid does together. And he went off did his thing with the defensive line, and I went off and tried to play tight end. But yeah, you played a handful of different positions here, didn't you? Couple, couple. I mean, yeah, you're D line, then you moved over to the offensive side and caught caught some balls. I went over. I. Went over, played D-line, um, went over, played tight end. At the time, it was me and, and Tyler Davidis, who was the only tight end, and had a great time with TD, but did a lot of time on the on the scout team, played some running back, played some wide receiver. Just I was anywhere actually, you could help out. Yeah, some you know scout team player of the week and started on special teams, 
got played in some games as a freshman, and then after that, you know, career kind of fell apart, but never mad about that. I just want to take a second, though, and talk about, like, you talked about scout team and special teams. Right. Scout team, like, in college football, like, we come out of high school, there's very few people, honestly, that are going to come in as freshmen and be studs. Yeah. It's not – and now that you're coaching, you see it, like, you know it even more. But, like – don't it's okay if you don't start as a freshman like yeah still strive to be that like work your ass off but if you want to get noticed scout teams the way to do it and then they'll start putting you on special teams and work you may get three plays a game but literally bust your balls for those three plays because that's how you get that playing time like that's how you get your time in those blowouts that's why they'll put you in first instead of you know this other guy or that like somebody else yeah like that is how you earn your spot is scout team and special teams that's it and that that was like i'll never forget we had a something i forget what week it was but something was going on and i was still a freshman coach watch had a meeting and and he was like, does any players have anybody say anything? One of the twins said said something, and then I like was like, all right, I got something to say something. And he was like, hey, if you're a fresh, I said, hey, if you're a freshman, like you need to get out on scout team. Like it doesn't matter. Like you need to go give it. Like scout team, special team, scout team, anything. Like go out there, bust your bust your ass. To a degree, I just want to say to a degree, because um, after what my experience this year on scout teams, special teams, with what I got, no, you don't be dirty, don't, don't be dirty. If, I took you out, so things like that wouldn't happen. Well, I was on my special team that time. It was the scout okay, team player yes. that did it to me, so it's not like no, but, it was, yeah. it, but it was something like when I was the thing that like got me on to special teams, and like I played, I was it was. I was on Delta, and I was it was me and Josh Piles. Were For the those two. of you who don't know, our Delta is kickoff return. Yeah, me and Josh Piles were the starting fullbacks. And if anybody – Josh Piles' nickname was Junkyard Dog. And me and him – at the time, NCAA didn't make the rule yet, but me and him would lock arms, and we would go kill number two. And it was like – 400 pounds running at somebody that was 140 pounds. And 400 pounds of people who don't give a shit about banging yeah, into stuff. I did not care. Josh didn't care. And it was it was an electric time. It was awesome. I loved it. I got that because, like, I'm going to go out on every special teams and, and make my mark. And and it's, it's, not only, it's not only something where, like, coaches can be like, hey, this kid wants to play. Hey, this kid likes football. It's something where, like, all the upperclassmen can be like, this kid has heart. This kid has balls. Like that's why, I like, because I remember my freshman year, like that first practice or like that, so, like that first week. You know, they're all, like the senior. Like I remember Big Ruble and like um, Brad. Of course, they didn't also want to go out there, but yeah. we had also a shit ton of freshmen my freshman year. Yeah, but they were like, you know, anytime they're calling for scout team, you they like coaches shouldn't have to call like, no. people on the field. Those every freshman should be running onto the field. Even sophomores, if you're not playing, like if you're you not need getting to be on, yes, yeah. because and I think it was Cotter's episode a while ago because Cotter's our special teams guy here, and yeah. he talked about he goes, you know, us coaches, if you run out there every time, even if you're not out there, and I'm like, hey, you're fired, like I don't need you, I still remember, like we remember that, like hey, you were out there, out. he was out here, he was trying, like he wanted to be out here. That's part of it, man. Like you make your name however you want to make your name, and there's a spot for any type of athlete, any anybody on a college football team, whether you're playing or not. But special team, like, the best part about OWU is, I got, I'll be 100% honest, I've never been a part of another collegiate pro- program. But OWU, every class made a point 
to make sure the underclassmen understood you need to get on scout, you need to get on special teams. Like, it's fine, it's whatever. We're not going to look at you differently, but this is how you as a person make your name and you get after it. And it's something like I y'all think this year struggled a little yeah, bit because this year was a weird year. Like we, I, I want to say we weren't as close because, and it's also partially on us seniors, yeah. but also partially like, dude, we never had, we never was. had in-person meetings. Yeah. We never had like our true camp. We never had everything that we usually have where we're at least team building things like these little team building things, yeah. like just a team meeting itself, you know, where we sit there and like, give each other crap but then we get serious for quiet time like and like you see people stand up and say what they're grateful for in their quiet time like you connect with people more you find out deeper personal and like we're talking about special teams and like that was one of our goals usually as a db room was every db plays this year whether it's you're on a special like starts on a special team or playing playing, safety or db or corner like every db needs to be on the field that was one of our like group goals that we always had every year and i think like that goes by culture. Like, I think every – like, you need to have a culture within a team, but every position group needs to have their own culture as well. And I think that builds off the culture as a team, but you got to have those goals. But it's a special thing, and, and young guys, I think, across the board need to learn that. That's how I touched the field as a freshman. It was a special thing. That was and, the only thing I did freshman year. I yeah. was on special teams. I got, like – you know, I was on three – I think I was on punt, kickoff return, and kickoff, which – I was on kickoff return all four years in the same spot, punt all four years in the same spot. And like, that's my thing is like, I, but I'd always come in. Like, I want this spot. Like, I didn't care if I was a senior and playing, being on special teams. Cause you know, some seniors are like, Oh, I don't like, I just want to, I don't want to be on special yeah, teams. No, man. like a lot of seniors are like, Hey, put me yeah, on. Like, especially yeah. this year, like Lucas, a lot of, I be a stud, whatever. There's guys that are studs. There's guys that have that, ability and cross every level to be a phenomenal athlete but you know I'm a firm believer as all three phases but you can have two teams that are great in in the offensive defensive phase but that special teams phase man like if you can get a kick return a punt return a block punt uh recover an onside kick like 100 percent my favorite win of all time at Ohio Wesleyan is beating Denison last year Junior year. And we won that because special team. A hundred two block punts and a kickoff return for a touchdown. That right there won the game completely. Yeah. Like we got a safety out of one of the block punts, and then we were like we got that opening kickoff the second half for a touchdown. Like that was because that second coming out of that second half, we kind of had the wind taken out of us at the end of that half. Cause then they I think they scored right before half. Yeah, they right before half and, and they scored. And they kicked the field. Yeah, they did something. And that like it kind of knocked us down a second, but when we came out that second half and we scored that touchdown, we basically like took over the game. Like, yeah. all right, this is us now. Like, no one's taking this from and us. We got they it. didn't score the second half. They didn't do anything the second half. Now they put up a shit ton of yards on us, but, but on we got paper, the win. Like, yeah, on paper they kicked our ass. But if because that was one of the things, one of the coaches I worked out at the same gym as him because he's from around me. And he was like, we were talking one day, he goes, dude, I showed people like the paper, like the stats. And they're like, how did you guys lose? Because they had like 300 rushing yards and like 300 passing yards. Like they looked like they just absolutely destroyed us. But it, it came down to special teams at the end of the day. That's how it, that's how football is. And I've gotten to see that, that side. And 
now that you, yeah, now you're in the coaching world. Yeah. How are you liking that? Um, I love coaching. <laughs> I think there's no way. You, know, I you learned, guys can't see this, but his eyes just literally lit up. <laughs> I learned in college. I, I mean, I've known forever. Like, You've always had the idea that you probably wanted to get in coaching eventually. Well, there's nothing else I could do. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like wearing a suit and tie. Do you even own a tie? I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. Um, I don't like sitting down for long periods of times without touching things. Yeah. Um, I can't look at a screen. Uh, I don't like smart people. That's because you're not smart. I'm relatively smart. <laughs> relatively. You have a good football IQ. Uh, I think you misunderestimate me. Misunderestimate? <laughs> had a few beers whatever i'm relatively smart but whatever i don't think so but it's fine <laughs> um i just i realized like hey it's either kind of go into the field of working or you know be a coach i i whatever study exercise science here I don't like working with regular people you just don't like people you've I never don't, liked people no and i don't like question but i love football and it's part of uh, – It's it. I love the game. I love being around it. But it's also, especially this year, like I think seeing people excel within their lives and being a part of that and being kind of a voice for them, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of special. And, you know, I had an all-freshman group pretty much, one sophomore, young guys, never touched the field. And – just seeing them develop and it, it was it was a special thing watching a freshman score their first touchdown you know being far far beyond better athletes than I'll ever be but <laughs> just being a part of it and and like hey like I helped this kid and I I was able to watch this kid excel it's it's special and you know the game of football is more you know like we talk about all the time more than just the X's and O's and and all this but well, I mean, just look at, like, we've done it a little bit tonight and stuff. Like, when you get back together with your old, like, yeah, when you get back together with your, like, old teammates and stuff. Yeah. Like, I still do it with my high school friends. It's not about, like, this play or that play or whatever. It's about, like, the memories that you had, the locker room yeah. shenanigans, you know, the bus rides. Yes, yeah. Yeah, all the bull crap that you guys did. And like all those good memories, that's what it, that's what it's, that's that family feeling that you get, that family atmosphere from football. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's because I feel like it is a little different than other sports. It's a hundred percent different because you know why it's different than other sports is because every coach within a football team goes out of their way to make sure that every player feels like they're actually a part of this team. Because it's a hard thing to do. You got 80, 100 guys. Yeah. But you don't – there – no matter what, what – just being blunt, just every – no matter what team, there are guys that aren't going to play. There's guys that aren't going to see the field. doesn't matter. A wide receiver coach, if that kid's a defensive lineman and he, he might not ever play, that wide receiver coach still knows this defensive lineman is a part of that team. Still going to know his name. And he's still going to make sure that kid is – Doing good in classes, good with his family. Because why? Because football is about family. And that that's just how it is. 
you you build men, you build character, and it's the ultimate. What sports is all about? Team, whatever. I get it. Basketball has more than one guy on a team. All these other sports it doesn't matter. Football, you need eleven guys to do their part, and even outside of that game, that scout team player is gonna make that starter better. I guarantee you. You look at Alabama, you look at Clemson, Ohio State, those top teams in the in the college football. Their scout team is phenomenal. Their scout team would easily kick the shit yeah. out of our starting. And those scout team players care. And it's because those starters also hang out with those scout team players and don't see them less than anybody else. Exactly. They're collective. Yeah. It's all, it's people talk shit about football. Football gets the bad rep. They're you know, they're a bunch of meatheads who are assholes and they're dicks and all you know, this all they care about is themselves and they don't care about the other sports and stuff. And but like at the same time, man, like it we work our asses, asses off. All the time. Like it's a year run sport. At the any only level. sport that I will say may have a little more difficult. I wouldn't say even more difficult, but I mean, I might get criticism for this, but camp, there is no sport that can compete with our football no. camp, no. especially when we are two days. Yeah. And you, soccer, didn't, you didn't get to experience soccer, two. No, 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 no. You didn't get to experience two Thank days God, here. man. Thank two days God. Here. Let me tell you, we had 6 a.m. practice and then we had practice at what? Two? We had practice in the afternoon in the heat, and then Coach Watts made us do conditioning second practice. So you had practice in the mornings, meetings and lifting. You ate, and then you went to afternoon practice. After afternoon practice, you did buddy runs. You did wind sprints, run to winds, or we did the Indian runs. And those oh, we didn't have to do Indian runs ever. Suck. But run to winds. Run to winds were the easiest and the freaking hardest at the same time. Yeah. Because you had so many people who were just – now, you also have people like Coach D who like to mess with you and run his hand over the ball but not move the ball. Run to wins for us. It was only a 10-yard sprint for those of you who don't know. It's a 10-yard sprint. You're in a three-point stance. Everybody, offense is on the goal line. It's a 10-yard sprint, but a coach on the 10-yard line would move the ball, but our coaches would mess with us kind of and sometimes, and they would like move their hand but not move the ball. And if anybody jumped, then you had to do an up-down. And if people kept jumping, then we just kept going. Kept going if you man. did perfect reps, you know, nobody jumps, everybody just kind of goes. You do then, like five reps. Yeah, then you're done quick. Yeah. But it, you're never done quick. Like, I think there was only one time in my career that I was actually – we were actually done fairly quick. Yeah. And buddy runs also suck. Buddy runs. I Buddy runs, I, I think, it, like the easiest to hardest, I think it's run to wins, buddy runs, wind sprints. Or jog sprints, or whatever you want to call them. Jog, jog, jog sprints. Uh, jog, jog sprints. sprints. I start cramping so bad at the end because no. it's after practice. I would okay. I would rather do run to wins over jog sprints. Yes, that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, jog yeah. sprints are the hardest. Yes, well, buddy runs sucked because buddy runs you would have to do abs, push ups, jumping jacks, something, yeah. and then go fucking sprint. Yeah, that's true because it is a full. sprint. Brent, but you always also you were in your partner. You went off your partner a lot of times too. Yeah, your partner took a long fucking time. Guess what? Yeah, man? If you had a <laughs> thick guy, you were yes. kind of okay. Yes, but but that you know just that was that was football, and and I firmly believe that it's the ultimate team sport, and it's I think it's the ultimate character builder and going playing. Any whatever D three NAIA D two D one. 
playing college sports is I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it's important one for kids to play sports and two if like you develop that passion, go, go play. play. And I saw a tweet, I retweeted it the other day because it honestly pissed me off where it said like people who go play D3 sports. It's a waste of time. It's the biggest waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. No, absolutely nothing wrong with going and playing a D3 sport. I saw that. It shows, sorry, it shows how much you truly love the game. Yeah. To go play a D3 sport, you have to have a passion for that game. That's what I saw that. And the immediate thing I thought of when I saw, saw that, whoa. Um, was David Pugh on my overnight here, and he was showing me around campus, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's D3, but, like, hey, if you're a D3 player, like, you're playing because you love the game, and and that's what it is. Like, you love football. Yeah. And it was one of the hardest things when I was like, man, you know, my body actually <laughs> can't do this anymore. And it's a weird, it's a weird thing where it's like, oh, my my brain is telling me I can do this, but then you go out and play football, and for some reason something breaks. And it's so weird. <laughs> every time you touch the every field. time you touch the field, <laughs> and then you're like, man, like, what am I gonna do? Like, this is this is all I've ever known. Is I'm gonna go to classes, and then I'm gonna go to the locker room, and I'm gonna see all my boys, and. I'm going to put on pads, and we're going to go to individual. We're going to do all this. We're going to go make fun of each other. We're going to go bust each other, and but we're going to go practice and all this, and we got a game Saturday, and, and then you're kind of like sitting there like, I – what am I going to do? Because I'm going to go to classes, and I'm going to go to the locker room, and I can't put on pads, and – I can't be a part of all these guys and I can't join them in the weight room and I can't be a part of all the hard work they do. And it's, there's a lot of really, there's a lot of things I've felt in life. There's only two of them that has ever, where I've really had to pause and and kind of get emotional about it. And only two of them still to this day that I still get emotional about. And and one of them is still not being able to put on the pads and still not be able to grind and still not being able to part of, of wins. And it's, it's, I think for any football player that that's in it that much, it's, it's a deep feeling. See, the thing is though, and I was going to kind of, this month is our adversity segment, but today, like it was more of a, one just kind of freaking bringing the roughnecks back together and just yeah, bull crap and but so I wasn't going to continue with it but at the same time I look at that like we've kind of been talking about it the past few weeks you have two different routes you could go and it kind of goes with my slogan once again I've talked about it the past couple of weeks but like you can either let that bowl of life just walk all over you or you can get up and do something about it and you say like you know you couldn't be a part of wins you couldn't do that you were though because you became that role model that mentor that coaching figure even before you were that coaching figure that you are now so in a way like like you've we've talked every person has a role on a team yeah it may not be the role that you want it to be because i mean look at the people who don't play look at people who go through injuries and can't play and you know but your role is important every single person's role is important and you know 
you got on my ass in the weight room when you were still a student, like when yes. you were in, like you were t- getting on my ass and I, I used to hate it. It pissed me off. But at the same time, you made me better. Like you made me push myself more. And so oh, I didn't care if I pissed off anybody. I never cared. I'll no, be you never have and never will. <laughs> nope. I never cared. I wanted to win football games. Yes. That was, and that was something we did very good that year. <laughs> yes. And that was, I I think my class did a really, we always talked about, it. we wanted to win football games. We wanted to be a culture change. And if you are going into any football program, you have to have the mindset of, I'm going here to also play football, but I want to be a part of a program and make that program better. You, it's the whole thing f- of leaving it better than you found it. Well, you're somebody like, hey, Cole has a shit ton of potential. He's going to make this program way better. I need to make Cole way better. Mm-hmm. My body liked to like the weight room. My body <laughs> liked the weight room. My body hated the football field. <laughs> So we're going to go through the weight room and I'm going to push anybody that's going to be in that weight room. And, you know, and that's just how it was. But, you know, I'm glad of how all that handled out. And just going off that, I loved watching guys that, especially I was close with, excel. Um, It was, I think that's when I knew, like, yeah, I like coaching is when watching people that, I was close with, I was also coaching, kind of, and being like, hey, man, this is kind of cool watching them excel. And you you get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I still get goosebumps. When I'm in the box and I see somebody score or, or we're on a really uh, an awesome drive and everything's clicking and going and and we're everybody's executing right, like I still get goosebumps. And I think that's how – if you want to go into coaching – and you get that feeling and you're not on the field, like, you should get into coaching because that's how you know you, you one, love the game, but, two, like, it's very important to you. If you cannot be on the field and see other people excel and get a feeling of, like, this is awesome, go coach. Dude, I, like, when I'm sitting there, I remember I was still playing I was in, I think it was my sophomore or freshman year of college. And I went home for our rivalry game at school because it was the same coaches at the time. And then we got new coaches. And I don't, I haven't been to a game since because I don't know anybody. And Why would you? Yeah. I don't, no offense. I don't really care about walk ins anymore. So, like, I'm just kind of, that's in the past. I had loved my four years there or however long I was technically there. But, um, you know, like the national anthem was playing. And like that point right there, I always, even when I'm playing the game, I get like a shiver down my spine. I'm like, cause, and then it also, as soon as that's over, like my mindset automatically like flips, like to let's go kill somebody in a way. But like, it's just that like, it's go time. And like, I remember I was standing there with my buddy and after national anthem, I literally looked at him and was like, are you like wanting to go play right now? He goes, dude, I just wish I was out on that field right now. Like it's yeah. that whole thing of like, you were like damn like the national anthem to me is like it's that point in the game or that point in the pregame that whatever like that i always like where things just all of a sudden like my mind like focuses on it so much like that's where i just block everything out so it was always like to me national anthems where i went from all right you know families in the stands whatever to football time it's time to go i don't care dude we could be getting Nuclear bombs could be coming <laughs> to the whole United States, but if we're playing a football game, like whoever we're playing, like I'm gonna, we're gonna beat them. 
Yeah, Ted's care. probably gonna go over and he- or it might come over and headbutt you on the yeah. at the same time. Like, hey, let's let's <laughs> go. Like your one job right now today is to do whatever you were coached to do, whatever that play is. And there's nothing in the world you need to figure out right now except for that. And it's a beautiful thing when you figure it out. Because there is you have the ability not necessarily to control everything. But if your job is to blitz like the A gap or to run this route and catch the ball, like th- that's the ability to change a whole game. Like to change something that's going to change everybody's lives that everybody's going to remember. It's a special thing. It's crazy. And it's it's nuts to watch young people like figure that out. Yeah, cuz you I mean like you talked about, you got a young position group, but yeah. and you know you watched them grow this year. Just imagine in four years what it's going to be like. It's it's not even just like – I mean, I'm just trying to like – watching, I guess, Zane is a great example. Who, if anybody doesn't know, is Owu's starting quarterback. Last year was his first full year starting for Owu. But watching that that kid read a defense – and once you kind of understand like coverages and why plays are the way they are set up, watching him go through progressions and do all that, it's like art. Like it's insane. And the throws he does, it's I always loved messing with him and Scout Team though, if I was ever out there on Scout Team, because he'd like, you know, they'd be looking at the safeties yeah. pre-snap and I'd like start walking down, then I'd back up and then start walking down. Eyes. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like it's, sometimes he'd literally sit there like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> pauses for a minute. But and also I mean it also goes like Zane's just a good kid yeah. in general. But it's I mean, that's good that he's noticing that. Like, all right, he's rolling down, like that probably means cover three or man, like like noticing those things and like that's the things you have to look for and stuff. But that see, that's the other thing that really irritates me is when people are like, Oh, footballs are like a simple sport. It it is not. Dude. All right. High school football for me was simple. Okay, that or whatever. But I got to college. Dude, that first week of install, like the first day I was fine, like whatever. You know, we put in yeah, the basic yeah things that second day that third day that fourth day and then i'm like how many days of install do we freaking have what is going it never stops like no you just get more and more things there's more and more rules and like oh yeah we made this rule but here's the exception to this rule and you have to check check and you're like what like yeah i know i can pretty much tell you anything now but as a freshman your mind's just like what in the world like you're swimming you're like where what is what is going on and people like people whatever people compare things to the nfl but yeah like even in the nfl that is the and especially in college at any level it is the most it is extremely complicated Mm -hmm. to when it changes every week it depends on who you're playing yeah and it's not like soccer like soccer ain't gonna change no matter what no at all you're gonna do this you're gonna do that you're gonna kick it in between the poles boom i understand you're running all the time i give them credit for that yes i I give you credit but whatever you got plays passes this guy that whatever i kind of get it but (laughs) when you're talking about football there is a finesse there is an artwork there is a systematic scheme to almost everything with every team and it is the ultimate game of chess mm-hmm. 
because you are trying mm-hmm. to outposition somebody. And if a game's coming down to the wire, it's ultimately down to a play that is going to out scheme another play. I mean, yes, it comes down to the players, but like it is the ultimate game of chess. Whatever. Basket if you have a great shooter on basketball, hey yeah, that guy's a good shooter. I'm gonna give it to that guy. Bang, we win the game. Whatever. But put it this way, if you have a star wide receiver, it don't guy, mean shit if you don't have a quarterback that can get it to him, and, and that or if you don't have a line that can block exactly. for him, or you don't have a running game because all you have to, you can only pass because you have no good running back. Like, exactly, it all it, it's you have eleven guys on the field, and if one guy messes Fails. up his job, it could ruin the entire the play. whole game. It is the ultimate game of chess. Is the ultimate game of scheme? Yeah, because like Coach D would always like say like you know they get a good gain against us and he goes you know we just tape our cap because like he realized all right basically that coach out he picked better play than what I picked yeah. I, or I picked the wrong play that's and how it, was, it is yeah that's how like you know, sometimes it ends up that way and that that shows the whole chess thing like you know it's not you're not always gonna get every single move right. But it's literally all right. Like as a defensive coordinator, you're sitting there going, "All right, what am I? What do I think? If they're, they're yeah. first and whatever, they're probably gonna, you know, have a tendency to do this." But that also that offensive coordinator sitting there going, "All right, it's first down. He probably thinks we're gonna do this, so let's do yeah. this." Like all these other things, and it's literally just going back and forth and think, "What is they? What do they think we're doing? And we're gonna try and beat it." I'll do that. Yeah, that's how it is. It's if. All the, and I think it's anywhere, college, whatever, normal people are like, oh, you just take the ball and run that way. Like, no. It's not how that is at all. And it's the most physical freaking sport, too. Whatever. Rugby can go whatever they do with their weird football. But football is the most physical. Did you wake up on a Sunday after a Saturday game? And if you want to know what it feels like, go play on a Saturday. Yeah. Go get your ass kicked, like especially after an ass kicking. Yeah. Or even too, like when you kick somebody's ass, you're still hurting. Because like, yeah, I, I need ice. <laughs> I feel like oh, I don't do anything on that. You want a beer? No. I can't get out of bed. <laughs> Dude, I remember Wabash sophomore year, that seven to nothing game that we lost. One of the toughest hard hitting games I have ever been a part of. Because I remember, and I woke up, I literally like tried to sit up and was like, I couldn't yeah. sit up. And it wasn't like I'm just like hurt. It was literally, I was just that sore. I rolled, literally rolled off my bed and then like kind of just stood there for a minute and was like, damn. Like, and it took me like two days before I finally like was yeah, actually yeah. feeling yeah. pretty good. It takes again. a minute. Good thing we didn't have practice Monday. It was just a walkthrough, but it's a grueling, it's whatever, but it's hard on your body. Hard as on you your body. know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, there's nothing better than the game of football. Nothing. Watching it, I can watch every football game imaginable, that yeah. you know. But I, it's it just means a lot to me. And I guess to circle back to this thing is that's why I coach. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever get out of it. That's what I was going to ask. Is that your plan? Is that it's the only thing I do? see myself doing. And, like, that's the thing is once you have, like, once you find your, I want to call it your purpose, you like what you want. Like, once you find what you're good yeah. at, what you like to do, that's because there's a hundreds, millions of people still that literally, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not happy at my job. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, no offense. Look at me. I'm not, I don't know why I said yeah, no offense. Yeah, it's your own but like, self. Look at me. Where, yeah, like, I, 
I don't know what I want to do exactly, but I know like, you know, people kind of after college, I'm putting in pools, which I'm graduating college with my degree and I'm going to work a manual labor job with long weeks and hard hours, like working my ass off. And, you know, people are like, are you going to do that for the rest of your life? Every time I tell them that. And I'm like, you know, that's not really my plan, but it I also, just graduated. Time, I'm like, I, not even that. I'm yeah. like, I love doing it. Yeah. Like I enjoy doing it. I, yeah, I might be crazy, love but I literally life. enjoy doing it. Like, um, so Monday we put in concrete and my boss is like, man, I love these days, man. Like people probably think I'm crazy, but I love concrete days. Tuesday was dig day. We put in a new pool and Bob, I get to work. He goes, it's seven, it's six 45 in the morning. He goes, good morning. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? He goes, it's dig day. This is my best day of the week. We get to put in a pool. And I'm like, but like, that's how people are. Like once you find what you love, there's no reason not to do it. I mean, also there are, I mean, yes, there's money and things that you could talk about, but at the same time, if you're happy and you can be financially stable, why, why not do it? You just like, you, like if people are like, well, why are you doing manual labor? You got a degree. It's like, dude, why does what I do care? Yeah. About you? Like, why do you care? You're, I'm not supporting you. I'm, yeah. I'm supporting myself. What I do just shouldn't affect you. No. I, I, the only I people mean, that can maybe say something to me are my parents, but they're those are your parents. They're happy that I just have a job. Yeah. Like they they're glad that I'm working and doing something with my life, not just coming home from college being like, so yeah, I don't have a job. Yeah, I got nothing to do. But live in your basement for the rest of my life. I think that's the other issue. With like our generation is like, man, we're also like we gotta appease to some type of social standard, and we gotta do this to appease other people. People gotta see what we're doing. It's like, why? Why do you care what I'm doing? Why do you care where I'm at? Why do you care what what I'm posting? Like, well, that's the I think social media is the big thing. It's for a that. huge issue. We look at all right, how many likes did they get? Oh, what are they doing with their life? Oh, like that. It is ruined. I want to say ruined. It has ruined our generation. It's huge. People like I I don't understand why your generation is the way it. It's because of social media. It is because of the internet. It's because everybody wants to one up each other anymore. All the time. But here's the thing, though: people don't want to fucking work for it. Nope. But and like that's the thing is like they weren't necessarily trying to one up each other back in the day. I'll call it back in the day. I mean, yeah, they were, but at the same time, if they wanted to one up someone, they knew they had to go work for it to get exactly. what they wanted. Exactly. It wasn't like you're never just nothing in you in life is ever going to be handed to you. The only thing that'll be handed to you is taxes and death. Exactly. Those are the only two things that are guaranteed in life. No matter what, and I think. That's the coolest thing. You don't know what a grind is until you've worked all day. You don't get home till seven o'clock, and you're eating four hot dogs and ramen. Am I right, Hunter? <laughs> that's a, that's a grind, dude. So I'm living in this house by myself, and I went to the grocery for the first time. Like just, I mean, like now that I've lived there, I mean, I've gone to the grocery before, like house sitting and stuff, but. I was like, you know, it's my own money. I'm not getting paid to live there or anything. Like I have to pay, and I was like, huh. All right, there's one ramen, there's two ramen, there's some hot dogs, there's some burgers. All right. Let's go. Let's see what we can conjure uh, up here. Here's a, uh, a Kroger brand box of cereal. Like I'm good. I'm set all week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I'm good for a couple weeks at this rate. That's how, I mean, that's how it is. But And I think affirmation for everything you do in your life, like I don't care. Whatever. I'm At the moment, I'm a – D three football intern. I don't care. I love coaching tight ends. I love being around football. I love being around 
the staff and everybody and I love being in Delaware and I love being in Ohio and I get to be a part of football. Mm-hmm. I get to still be a part of Saturday nights, Saturday days, be a part of the games and and do what I love to do. Like I get to wake up every morning and like whatever. You get like, to go to work with a smile on your face yeah. instead of like dreading. Yeah. Like, like waking like I, there's too many people in the world that wake up and they're like Oh, I gotta go to work. Uh, yeah, like, like I gotta do the same thing. I don't get to do the same thing over again. That's like you kind of do whatever you're coaching football, but you honestly don't. Like, I get to wake up. You gotta recruit. You gotta do whatever. But like the same thing that happened yesterday, or the thing that happened yesterday is not probably gonna happen the next. That's day. the thing about. That's why I love my job too. Like one day we may be digging a pool. The next, next day, day I'm shoveling gravel. The yeah. next day I'm putting in a pad, like a patio pad. Like I'm doing different things every single day. All and the it time. just, and I, I never come in knowing exactly what I'm doing. No. And I love that because it's like, all right, like what do I get to do today? Like it's awesome. And it's all learning experience, especially it's still learning for me. And that's also another thing I love. Like I'm learning so many things like that I can take with me in my life. You know, if I ever want to put a patio in, in my house, you got those skills. I don't necessarily have. I probably still will probably uh, hire somebody because that's just a uh, lot of labor. You can't hire anybody. No, actually, you don't want to hire anybody because you got the f- ability to do it by yourself. Yeah. So I'll ask these questions since I ask every single guest, and I'm always kind of intrigued to the answers because it's always something. You know, you get the normal financial stuff, but then you also get like some really cool things. If you could go back in time, I steal this from Michael Red, his podcast, but. If you go back in time and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Um, I think it would be don't sell yourself short and always like live in the moment. That's oh, that's that's kind of a that's a forgotten thing now. Yeah. I feel like it's always been forgotten, but it's like especially forgotten now. Cause like I was scrolling through my Instagram, just like my personal page the other day. And like, you know, I got back to some of these high school memories and I was like, you know, like, I don't even remember this exactly. Like yeah. it just kind of takes you back to like, I feel like I'd have paid attention more or like realized because there's one moment in my life that I will probably always remember. And it's recent. And it was, I think like the first time that I've ever really sat there and been like, live this right like like really think about this and it was at Worcester this past year it was the last game I've ever played and I was sitting on the bench defense we had a terrible game we sucked (laughs) but I had a crappy game too and I was sitting there beside Lucas Cooper and I was you know watching people walk around all happy smiles on her face because one it's our first one of the year and two like if we were just every it was a good get good day and I literally was sitting there like, and I stopped for a second. I was like, cause it was about over for me. And I knew that cause we were exposed to have that other game, but I was like, I was just sitting there and I was like, damn, like I literally just took it all in and like yeah, lived it, Like I've, I will always remember that. And I looked at Lucas and I said, can you believe it's about over? Not knowing that that was going to be our last time ever playing, but like, he was like, dude, it's crazy. And like, I think we both just kind of soaked it up for a second because yeah. we sat there for on the, we were the only two on the bench at, after that defensive meeting and we just kind of sat there and I was like, damn, like it, I just took it all in. And like, that's the whole thing. We like too many people don't live in the moment anymore. That's like, 
I never, I, don't, I mean, you lived with me, you know, like, I never Snapchat, never really take, like, let's take this picture, why don't you hold my ass, all some, some <laughs> dumb shit, like, just, let's just go out, act dumb, and I'm gonna remember, dude, there's nothing me and you, Nate, everybody, like, did, and I was like, I don't remember that, like, I, whatever, the sign, climbing up a pole, whatever, every time we had to walk home, not... <laughs> Being able to, re- like, dude, we had fun. And yes. that's the way, like, just living it. Like, I loved every moment at Clancy's. I loved the walks. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Going back to Smith and everybody's there a little a little weird. And, but, <laughs> hey, we're going to eat some food and keep on, just keep the good times rolling. Yes. And I, and I, I think as you grow up and as you go through, like, you realize, like, hey, I am not going to be in my early 20s forever like let's no let's really live. yeah yeah <laughs> you mean you don't Pe- grow up <laughs> i honestly think like man, this is forever that's why things like there's certain things i think you shouldn't post anywhere like just live it up whatever and i think people forget that like you don't need a, i don't need a picture to prove like to remember yeah. this i don't need like you know i don't need that yes yeah, some it, i'm not saying you shouldn't take pictures like that's not what i'm saying because yeah. like you, whatever there's yeah. certain things like all right go take a picture but like people people don't figure this out as soon as they should and i think i figured it out just because of whatever personal things but i come to a realization really early on is people come and go it it and it's on on it whatever it is you lose you're not in touch with them anymore um, they pass away, whatever, if they're immediate family, if they're not, they're really good friends. But at the end of the day, it goes back to, you know, death and taxes. People come and go. Could be your best friend, could be your whatever, whoever it is to you, meaningful people, at the at some point they will leave your life. Yep. And you won't be able to. Figured out my okay. Just going. My grandfather was was pretty much the only. It was my only male role model. Growing up, I had a whatever real big family, and he was what all I figuring out everything through him. But you know he died, and you kind of realize like you're on your own on things. And you got to write your own story. You and can't live in somebody else's book. Yeah. Like, some the, people aren't going to be there to help you out no matter what. Like, people give you tools to figure things out, but no one gives you the answers. Exactly. And that's how it is. Because only you have your answers. No one else yeah. can give you the answers. They can give you advice. They can give you maybe a stepping stone to get to where you want to go. But no one's going to write your story for you. And that's... You live in the moment... You, people come in your life for reasons and you live in that moment for those reasons, but you can't, I guess, ride that high and hold on to those coattails. You have your friends. Like I, like you guys, like I I love you guys and I'll forever want to talk to you guys. I hope someday, like whatever, like we don't stop talking and we're not, not friends. I plan on stop talking to you right after record this. Am I, whatever, that's fine. But like, you can't, that's the thing is stuff like that happens. Yeah. Like you can't hang out. Like people ask me, I'm like, Hey, you talk to you, whatever. You talk to your mom. Like, no, I talk to my mom 
once a week. Why? My mom ain't here. My mom, like, whatever. I'll catch up, see how you're doing. But, like. You know, at the end of the day, it's still your mom. But, like, I don't have to, like. Yeah. You're not, you're not in. This kind of sounds bad, but, like, I know exactly what you mean. Like, you don't have to talk to your mom every day. Yeah. How many people, honestly, how many, how many adults do you know that talk to their mom every single day? Unless you live with them? (laughs) Shut up, Hunter. (laughs) I mean, like. I'm looking, I look at, yeah, my, my sisters and my mom talk, my brother and my mom talk, like they talk pretty often, but like, you know, just because I don't call my mom one day, doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Yeah, no, like I, I have a busy life. Yeah. Like my mother gave me tools to live this life. Like she, I'm doing this. she, she brought you to life. Yeah. Yeah. And my mother can say probably a lot of, I gave my mother a very hard time, but <laughs> no, but yeah, the things she did teach me like, and that's part of it all football gave me that but you live in the moment deal with like live it up don't don't ride that high too long but people come and go what whoever came in your life like take those tools and build off it and that's that's how it is it's how that's how you gotta be and you you at the same time like life is cyclical like you are gonna be that person for somebody else at some point, you're going to not talk to that person ever again. You might die. You might whatever. But you gave that person maybe the tools to go excel somewhere else. Well, that's the thing is everyone's put in your life for a reason. And everyone's also taken out of your life for a reason. Yeah. Well, no matter the whatever the reason for it. Everyone is put in your life to teach you something. Yeah. Not all of it's good. And that's why I never understood why like people, I hate crying. I hate watching people cry. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, because I talked to Teddy last, or not Teddy, sorry, Jesse last week about how there's been times where I've been literally bawling my eyes out, and he was the one talking to me. No offense, but it's like you just don't deal well with people crying. No, yeah, I, like, yeah, I, you were. I'm not saying you weren't there for me. I'm just like Jesse was. The, is gonna be that. He's the one that'll talk to you, like kind of calm it. you down, I guess. But it's like, dude, why are you crying? Yes, like, that's I, what. I, I, actually, you've said that to me a time or two. Yeah, <laughs> like I've like things have happened, and I've had like my mom or like my sister or whoever like crying. I'm like, why are you crying? <laughs> like, dude, you're gonna wake up tomorrow and be fine. Like the world is going to continue. Like I understand things are shitty things happen but you can't let that like be the finisher for it at all and i'm not saying like oh i've never like okay whatever yeah i've cried everybody's cried no one can say they've never cried. no i i've cried but like there's also times where like i've also in situations where i probably should have cried like i've never cried and it's like i'm gonna wake up the next day and i'm you're gonna ride it out that's, you're gonna yeah, deal that's with one it. of the things i've talked about like with the adversity like that we've that we've been talking discussing this month is like you know the world doesn't stop just because you had a bad day or because things aren't going your way yeah no, no one cares no. Uh, there, no. yeah you might think there might be a hundred even if there's a hundred people that do care about this situation guess what how many other freaking people are there in the world that don't give two shits about yeah. your adversity you Nobody. know that person you're driving beside on the road doesn't care because they have no clue who you are, and they don't even care that they know, don't know who you are. They don't know you at all. They no. don't even know your name. Yes. yes, exactly. So, like, it doesn't matter. The world is always just going to keep going. And it, and if Joe Delagrave talked about this, he goes, he said, too many people sit on the sidelines and wait for things to happen. Yeah. They wait for, you know, they wait for things to get better. They only wait for things to get better because if you sit there and you just wait, then you're letting life just pass you by. You're letting everything just go by. You're letting opportunities slip away that you might have had. And, 
you can't sit there and wait for things. You got to go get them yourself. You got to go make your opportunities yourself. And it's exactly and it, when you do do that, when you make things happen yourself, it's like a special feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, I did this because of me. Like, it's rewarding. It's a very, it's like a whole affirmational thing. It's, and it's very rewarding to feel that, you know, I did this, yeah. that comp that proudness in yourself that like you, it humbles you. It makes you feel really good about yourself and you need that in your life. You need, cause otherwise you're like, what, what, why am I doing that? Like, what am I doing? Why? You, it gives you a why it rewards you. It gets, makes you feel better about yourself and feel like you're being doing something accomplishable. Yeah. I think that's a word. I don't know. Everybody needs a why. Yes. And just going off what you like, everybody in this world has some kind of sad story. No one gives a shit. Nope. I don't care. I mean, you feel some kind of sympathy for some people sometimes, but like, Yeah, I got one. You got one. Hunter's got one. That fucking cat that just ran up the stair might have one. <laughs> like, I like. I don't like. I don't. Whatever. Cool. Yeah, like, like that's the thing. We all have our, like you said, we all have our sad story. Everybody has something that they went through. Yeah. But that, what are you gonna do? About it? Yeah. It, does that make you different than me? It might. Does like, it make you worse than me? Does it make it better than you? No. That your story does not make you. It doesn't make you you. Yes. Your past yes. is making you. Yeah. Especially when you're somebody that's like extremely young and if what you're in college, you're working, like whatever your path is taking you to, like you still can make a name for yourself. I think until you are dead, until you are six feet under this ground, this earth, you can make a story for yourself no matter what. Like you can right your wrongs, you can prove whatever you need to prove. But you need to have a why to write your own story. And that's everyone, like, just going back to being, like, a purpose in someone's life. Like, you have a reason for being here. Firmly believe everybody on this earth, not a big God guy, whatever. But I think you have, everybody has a purpose here. And that's, what the fuck? Oh. The table. Uh, that's that's huge, man. Like everybody, you gotta find a purpose. You gotta find where your your niche is in this cyclical world. And that's that's that. All right, next question that I always ask all the guests. Fucking long one. Yeah, that was. So I liked it though. It was it was good. Getting the we getting two different sides of Teddy on this episode, and I kind of like it. It's kind of yeah, cool. It's weird. Um, but next question is I always ask what are the goals of Teddy Houlihan going forward and how are you going to get there? My goals. They don't have to be anything major. Get up tomorrow. No. <laughs> um, I think being a successful coach that can be leaned on by players I think that just goes on on how I run, you know, individual practices and how I build my relationship with my guys. I think at the moment, um, with all my tight ends, all five of them, I think I got a pretty good relationship with all those guys. 
Um, you know, I always try to listen to them. You know, it's never really, I never, I never go out into a practice and like, hey, this is what I want to do. It's like, I don't, what, what, what do all my guys, what can all my guys, what can I put together in a drill that all my guys can get better at? And then as you go into the season, it's kind of like, well, what can all my stars get better at? But whatever. I think you just, you got to listen to your guys and, and that's what. That's what I do, and that's what I think I kind of plan on doing as I go forward is is just being a better listener. And I think as I've gotten older and as I've kind of like officially gotten to this coaching deals, kind of turned away from the whole rah-rah, go throw yourself into a face, but let me like talk to you and let me explain to you why you got to do this, you got to do that, like how an offense runs and all this. So just just being a better better coach, being more respons- responsive and more open all the time. All right. You want to do Motivation Monday or you want to skip it? Let's roll. What do we got? All right. So now time for the best pod. <clears throat> now it is time for the very best part of the podcast, which I don't know if you've ever been a part of this, but it's Motivation Monday. <laughs> Have you been a part of Motivation Monday? No. I started it after you, didn't I? Probably. I forget who I started. On a run. Probably started it after Max, huh? No, I didn't have it with Frank Hauser. I know Hunter did a Motivation Monday. I don't remember when I started it, but <clears throat> Motivation Monday is where I like to give my guests the opportunity to give a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week on a Monday morning. So what do you got for Motivation Monday? Write your own story. Um, people are sick, cyclical. Um, you just got to keep grinding. Keep your nose to the grindstone, right? Ah, Childers. I love me some Childers. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. It, you got your own story. Everybody in the world has a, their own story, but no one cares. and You can always make something of yourself all the time. You know, your story doesn't end till you end. However you want to go out, however you want people to remember you, you have the power to to make those decisions and, and right your wrongs and, and pretty much right your rights. So that's all I got. And with that, that's a wrap on the 37th episode. We were joined again by good old Texan Teddy. Where can uh, you want people to follow you on social media? Nope. All right. So we're not going to talk about that. I'll cut that out. But thanks, Teddy. No, you can keep that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want anybody to talk. I want to make sure of that one. Uh, but thank you, Teddy, for coming if back you, on. If you want to get recruited, you can follow me. Yeah, if recruits, if you want to, if there's anybody that wants to get recruited, just DM me and I'll give you his, his information. Yeah. But uh, you have to call him, though. You have to call him and say that I gave it to you just so That's he can get mad. Enough. But. Um, thanks for coming back on. It's been too long since you've been back on. We'll have to get you good time back on again in the future. You know, maybe in a year when I am famous. If I'm famous in a year, then I'm gonna if you're famous. You <laughs> should not be talking to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, tune in next week. I have a. It's not 
scheduled yet, but I should have a pretty really good guest. He's a uh, TikToker, but he has 740,000 followers or something like that. He does daily quotes. He does some deep inspirational quotes that are some pretty good. I'm super excited for that episode. Um, He will be kind of a part of our next month topic, which will be released the day after this episode comes out. So tune in next week as we have another guest and a new topic. But until then, you know the deal. Life is hard and will knock you down like a bull. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. But for now, Roughnecks out. Later, chicklets. Oh, yeah, it's been too long since we've done Later, chicklets. It's back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to rate and review and then subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. If you'd like to contact me, you can message me on social media at Roughnecks Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1, or you can shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to grab the bull by the horns, but until next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.